Chapter 6 Out of Left Field When his alarm went off at 5.30 a.m. on the first day of the last week of camp, Charlie couldn't believe it was already August. He had continued his early morning routine even after retirement because he liked to see the sunrise. In fact, he'd maintained the same morning routine for most of his adult life. The only thing that had changed was the addition of a single cup coffee maker to his kitchen. After five years, he still missed making a full pot in the mornings. With his first cup steaming, he sat at the table, opened his Bible, and tried to focus. Something felt unsettled in his soul, though, and he made it through his daily reading without completely processing what it said. He spent exactly 30 minutes on the elliptical, showered, shaved, and put on the first shirt in a line of 14, enough for two weeks without having to do laundry. Thanks to a housekeeper, the absence of children under his roof, and his own natural tendencies, his house was always neat. He slid on his watch, a stereotypical retirement gift from his company he'd appreciated nonetheless, then headed out to meet Ford by 7.30 for their weekly breakfast at a local diner. Hey, Charlie asked as they were working on their second refill of coffee. How's Amy doing? Carol filled me in on their game day stuff. What other project has she got lined up after camp? I thought there might be something else they could work on together. I feel like Carol is the project, Ford said wryly. Amy adores her, says she's mentoring her, but I don't know how much of her advice Carol's taking, he said, raising an eyebrow. Ford knew his wife's fondness for designing the world and everyone in it to look the way she thought it should. Yeah, she seems to have a pretty strong core, Charlie agreed, thinking of Carol's response to the failed fix-up. There's a depth to her, that old saying about still waters running deep, you know? She's lost a lot to be so young. Really? That's too bad, Ford said. It must be so hard to lose your husband at such a young age, Charlie continued. Then to have to take on being a single mom? You know, she couldn't be more than 30. Oh, yeah, well, maybe Amy will be good for her then. They really do seem to have made a connection, Ford speculated. Maybe she'll be good for Amy too, Charlie said. She's been amazing with the kids, always smiling, always jumps right in to help, not a single complaint all summer, even in the heat. She's just really easy to be around, so sweet and funny and 10 minutes late every day. I give her a hard time about it, and she always pretends to be offended. It's pretty cute. He trailed off as he dug into his breakfast. Ford leaned back in the booth and took another sip of coffee, watching Charlie. He turned his head to the side and smiled. What? Charlie asked. Oh, nothing, Ford replied. You're just pretty cute. Charlie frowned at him. Anyway, Amy's lucky to have her, he continued, at church, I mean, and as a friend, you know. Mm-hmm, Ford said, or maybe Amy's just finally found somebody who drinks as much coffee as she does. Charlie chuckled, then grew quiet as he finished his eggs. You okay? Ford asked. You don't quite seem like yourself this morning. I'm just a little out of sorts, Charlie said, standing, taking one more sip of coffee and tossing a generous tip on the table. I'm sure I'll snap out of it. He drove to the church and sat in the parking lot for a minute, thinking through what needed to be done by the end of the week. From the other side of the lot, he saw Carol and Cal heading toward the entrance unconventionally early. He quickly turned off the engine, grabbed his phone, and jogged to catch up with them. Hey, good morning, he called. Mr. Charlie, Cal waved. Can you believe it's the last week? Carol asked him. This summer has absolutely flown. Cal was so excited he got me here early this morning. The relentless August sun was already heating up the parking lot, and Charlie felt himself starting to sweat. 
As they opened the door to the building, a blast of cool air gave him some relief, and he was glad he hadn't had to pull out his handkerchief to dry off his forehead in front of her. Before he could think about why that would bother him, Cal grabbed one of each of their hands as they walked into the lobby. The musicians were already warming up, and Cal started humming along with them, off-key and to a completely different tune. Carol winked at Charlie over his head. He remembered holding his own girl's hands when they were that age, and he winked back at Carol. They smiled affectionately at each other, and their eyes held just a moment longer than necessary. Then the earlier unsettled feeling hit him again, along with something else, he thought. Something he hadn't felt or even wanted to feel since Honey's death. A connection. His heart started beating faster. Did Carol sense it too? Charlie thought he saw a glimpse of surprise in her eyes, but she quickly looked away and greeted the teenager opening the door to the auditorium. As she walked ahead of him, he stared at her just a moment longer, and for the first time, really noticed the curls in her long brown hair and how they brushed against her shoulders that were covered in freckles after being out in the sun chasing kids all summer. His eyes traveled down her back and headed toward her long tanned legs when he caught himself and looked away. Good grief, he thought, what is the matter with me? He knew she wasn't much older than his own daughters, and he resolved to get himself and his thoughts together. But once he'd acknowledged the connection was there, he wasn't able to ignore it. Over the rest of the last week of camp, she seemed to be everywhere he looked, and he couldn't stop looking. Her sparkling eyes, wide smile, boundless energy while she was singing and running with the kids, her consistent patience and joy, and, if he was being honest with himself, her long legs. On the last day of camp, he got dressed as usual, then stopped and appraised himself in the mirror. Gray hair, slightly balding, glasses, the evidence of living comfortably starting to show around his midsection. Guess I'm not much of a prize, he thought. He turned to the side, pulled in his stomach, and stood up a little straighter. I mean, not awful, he thought, more objectively, just average. Maybe I should start lifting weights along with the elliptical. He hadn't thought about his looks in years, if ever. She wouldn't look twice at me, he muttered. Get yourself together, Charlie. He resolved again to not give Carol another thought. On the last morning of camp, all the kids and group leaders gathered in the main auditorium for one final worship service. Charlie was behind his group, making sure they stayed together when Carol and Cal rushed in, late as usual. She smiled and waved at Charlie and ushered Cal to the front of the class. The music had started and she immediately joined in singing, lifting her hands and swaying slightly. He noticed a long strand of her hair had spilled out of her top knot and was grazing her bare shoulder, and he suddenly found himself aching to reach out and brush it away. It looked so soft, and he found himself completely transfixed by her. The music faded away, and he just stared at the curve of her uplifted face, her shoulder, and the curl resting against it as she moved. At that moment, she reached her hand back, pulled up the strand of hair, and fastened it in the knot. Then she paused and looked over her shoulder directly at him. Their eyes met, and, mortified, he felt himself turn bright red. She smiled slightly, and his head started swimming. Suddenly, Charlie knew he needed to escape the room before he passed out. He jogged toward the exit and grabbed a bottle of water from the snack table. Amy's eyebrows narrowed curiously at him, and she looked like she was going to ask him a question, but he wasn't about to stop to talk. As he walked out the door, he braved one last glance back and saw Carol watching him go, the small smile still on her face. He managed to avoid being alone with her until camp wrapped up at noon that day. 
Over the summer, the campers had collected donations for a local homeless shelter, and Carol had volunteered to drop them off that afternoon. Cal was practicing on his skateboard in the parking lot as Charlie put the last of the boxes into her SUV. That should do it, he said as he closed the trunk. Thanks for doing this. Hey, watch out, Cal, he called. There are a few cars still in the lot. Why don't you practice over here on the sidewalk till it's clear, buddy? Carol started to say something, then paused and smiled at him curiously. He kept an eye on Cal as he grabbed his skateboard and headed to the sidewalk. Thanks, Cal Pal, he called. Cal rolled his eyes but still laughed and gave him a thumbs up. Sorry, Charlie said apologetically. Force of habit. No, it's fine, she replied. Charlie, chuckling, checked on Cal again, then turned back to Carol, who was standing a little closer to him than she had been before. His heart started beating harder. She leaned towards him and spoke more quietly. You like baseball, Charlie? she asked. Sure, who doesn't, he grinned. As a surprise for Cal, I got tickets to see the Rangers tonight, to send Summer off with a bang, she smiled. I was going to ask him if he wanted to bring a friend, but I was thinking you might want to come with us. Wait a minute, I thought I was Cal's friend. She laughed and punched him lightly on the arm. Well, of course you are, but this way we both get to bring a friend. His arm felt like it was melting. Her unexpected touch was so warm, and she was standing so very close. He took a deep breath and managed to speak. Hot dogs are on me, though, or no deal. Deal, she smiled. Meet you back here at five? Sounds great, he said, swallowing hard. His heart was pounding so loudly he was sure she could hear it. Hey, Cal, she called, still looking at Charlie. Let's get going. We've got a fun night ahead, buddy. Charlie went home and showered again. He started to throw on a ranger's t-shirt with his khaki shorts, then opted for a white polo-style shirt. This will be a little cooler in the heat, he thought. Doesn't hurt that it looks a little more polished, either. He pulled back into the parking lot at 4.55 and was surprised to see Carol's SUV already there. Cal was back on his skateboard, and she was sitting on the edge of the car, keeping an eye on him. She stood as Charlie got out of his car, and he saw she was wearing a white, off-the-shoulder eyelet dress that fell just above her knees. Her curls grazed the top of the dress, giving him tantalizing peaks of her back behind them. With strappy gold flat sandals, her legs looked like they were a mile long, and he didn't know if he'd be able to keep his eyes on the game. She tucked a strand of hair behind her ears. Was it his imagination, he wondered, or did she look nervous too? Probably just wishful thinking, he told himself, taking a deep breath and forcing himself to look away from her legs. Hey, you're early, he realized, coming back to Earth for a minute. Twice in a week. It's a record, she laughed. You know, I was even late to my own wedding. Charlie laughed as Cal came running back to them. But we were both excited about tonight, she said, winking at him. Maybe it's not just wishful thinking, he thought, as they hopped in her car to head west to the stadium in Arlington. As she started the car, an Aretha Franklin song blasted out of the stereo. Oops, sorry about that, she said, turning it down. We play it loud, right, Cal? Oh, do right woman, do right man, Charlie said. You've got good taste. If it was made in Muscle Shoals, I like it, she said. Well, you were raised right then, he replied, growing more impressed by the minute. My dad actually recorded there a few times. My mom, too. I'll have to tell you about them sometime. Let's go, let's go, let's go, Cal said, bouncing in the back seat. We'll never, ever get there. Thirty minutes later, he was jumping up and down the entire mile to the stadium from their parking spot. Have you ever been to a baseball game before, Mr. Charlie? Cal asked. 
Oh, sure. I even went back when they had the old stadium. It wasn't like this at all. Compared to this one, it was more like a little league ball field. For the rest of the walk, Charlie kept him entertained with stories about the Rangers and from his own little league days. Once they entered the gates, Cal could barely contain his excitement, and Charlie had as much fun watching him as he did the actual game. They cheered the Rangers onto the win, high-fived as many times as Charlie thought he could get away with, drank their fill of lemonade and souvenir cups, and chowed down on hot dogs. Charlie's treat, as promised. Walking back to the car, Cal grabbed each of their hands again. Swing me, he insisted. Wait a minute, you're too big for that, aren't you? His mom teased. You're going to kindergarten next week. I'll pull my legs up. Come on, Mom. Come on, Mr. Charlie. Their eyes met as they grinned. That connection again. Undeniable this time, he thought, as his stomach flipped. Conceding, they gave him a couple of big swings, and he started yawning when they were halfway to the car. Mr. Charlie, will you carry me? He asked sleepily. Sure, buddy. Charlie easily lifted him in his arms. He remembered picking up his girls off the couch and carrying them down the hall to their beds. Some things never change, he thought, enjoying the familiar feeling. Tell me another story, Cal asked, about when you played baseball? Charlie thought a second. Well, there was this one time. I was pitching and just having a lousy game, guys hitting stuff right and left off me, and I couldn't get a strike to save my life. It was the eighth inning, and my dad, he was the coach, he came out and asked if I wanted to keep going or have a relief pitcher come in. Said he believed in me, but he wanted it to be my choice. He glanced over at Carol, whose eyes were on the ground, but was smiling as she listened. What'd you do? Cal asked, leaning his head on Charlie's shoulder. I stayed in. The thought of another guy finishing the game didn't set well with me. He glanced at Carol again. Knowing my dad believed in me too, well, that lit some kind of fire in me. I went into those last two innings hot and struck out every batter on the other team. Six in a row, he laughed quietly. We ended up winning and I thought I could... Cal's soft snoring interrupted him, and Charlie knew better than to keep talking. When they got back to the car, Cal was sound asleep. Charlie eased him into the seat, then leaned against the car as Carol buckled him in. Want me to drive? he asked. I want to hear the rest of the story, she said. About the game? That was about it, he laughed. My head couldn't fit through the door that night. I thought I could have beaten anybody in Texas, but it stuck with me all these years every time I think about whether to quit something or stick it out. I think it's usually worth staying in the game. She nodded slowly, then stifled a yawn. That settles it. I'm driving, he said. You've had a full day. You must be wiped out. Just as full as yours, she protested. Yeah, but you're a lot older than I am, he joked. I've aged well, she smiled, stifling another yawn. Goodness. Okay, you win. I am tired. Drive us home, kind sir. They sat in the front seats and turned the air conditioner on at full blast. She leaned forward and closed her eyes, and the air blew her hair off her shoulders. His heart jumped into his throat, and he couldn't take his eyes off her. She took a deep breath and looked over at him as she leaned back in the seat, her gaze holding his for a moment. Then she checked on a still-sleeping cow in the back and looked out at the long line of traffic heading to the interstate. Looks like we're going to be here a while, she said. You may need to tell me another story. Fireworks were still exploding over the baseball field as he shifted in his seat and tried to force his hammering heart to slow down a little. Carol, he started, then swallowed hard. He wasn't sure what to say and looked out at the traffic again. They sat in silence. I'm really glad you came with us tonight, she finally said, gently touching his arm. He loved you being here. What about you? 
he asked, turning to look at her again. I did too, she admitted, her hand remaining on his arm. Then, unable to stop himself, he leaned forward slowly and let their lips meet. He paused, just to make sure, and she didn't back away. What's there to lose now, he thought. He kissed her more firmly as her hand moved up his arm and lightly rubbed his bicep. She eagerly returned his kiss, but he didn't want to push her. He'd seen her guarded moments, and he suddenly understood he might, in fact, have a lot to lose. He kissed her gently one more time, then pulled away, and they both glanced back to make sure Cal was still sleeping. I'm really glad I came with you, too, he said quietly. Might be the most exciting baseball game I've ever been to. He raised an eyebrow and grinned at her. You'd better drive, she said, but he could see in the dark she was smiling, too. He realized he would do anything to keep her smiling. Somehow this woman had found a way into his heart, and he thought he might have just been invited into hers.